Jim, can you tell us a bit more about this area of work? Surely, yeah. Well, the scanning tunneling microscope is a technique that involves uh, not looking as with conventional waves or with light, for instance, or electron beams, which are also waves, but it's a technique of actually touching, if you like, of feeling of tactile sensing atoms. You've got a bit of video of that, Jim. You can maybe yeah, tell surely. us more about it there. Yeah. What's this? Okay, well, obviously what you see there is an ant, I believe. <laughs> okay, but beside the ant, you see... That's the not essential for the job. Is no, it? We, don't don't have have we don't need the ant at the moment, yeah. <laughs> but what you see is the uh, sharp tip, which is the functional part of the STM. And what's it made of, the tip? The tip is typically made of tungsten or any conducting metal in, in, in the scanning tunneling microscope. And you see this kind of aura around it. Yes. That is quantum mechanical, quantum mechanically tunneling electrons. And you can also exert a force. So what you see, this thing, it looks like a potato, is actually an atom, I guess, in this, uh, in this schematic. And we're actually pulling the atom across the surface here in this cartoon and repositioning it. So this is the ultimate in bottom-up fabrication, repositioning atoms one by one in a perfect pattern. And of course, if you think what could be a better perfect pattern, since I work for IBM, <laughs> you see what the result is. And this is advertising on the BBC and this, But this was actually achieved at close to zero temperatures using xenon atoms by Don Eigler a number of years ago. And there you can see the real result. These are real xenon atoms uh, repositioned by Don. And now what you see here is an extension of Don's work where he has a whole ring of iron atoms. You can see the walls of this and he calls it the quantum corral. Okay. So it's a ring of atoms. And what you see here are not atoms, but you actually see electro the electron wave, the, the electron wave function associated with the electrons in the metal. And this is like a, a tiny resonator, a quantum resonator. It really sets you up for whole new structures. I mean, you, you, I know you made the headlines with your uh, nano calculator, the abacus. I mean, yeah. Could you explain a little bit about that? Okay, well, the, 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 the nano abacus, or a, in Japanese, soroban, <laughs> okay, is uh, slightly different. We used um, Harry's molecules, these uh, C60 molecules. Mm -hmm. And the problem is at room temperature, if Don tried to do that experiment at room temperature, the atoms would all run all over the place, right. okay, because they're very weakly bound. And we had to find a strategy. We wanted to demonstrate something at room temperature, repositioning mm -hmm. at room temperature. And we found that when we tried to look at these C60 molecules, these uh, fullerenes and copper, they were running all over the place with the thermal <laughs> energy, but they stuck to steps, little monoatomic steps on the mm -hmm. copper. And we started to play around with this, but the real, the real idea of this experiment occurred when I was in a Japanese railway station, and of course Japanese is a very high-tech country, and I bought a ticket on the, uh, the underground, and one of the guys there, he was sitting with one <laughs> of these abacuses yeah. that they call a soroban, and it stuck in my head, this is crazy, in this country they're actually sitting using abacuses, and then I thought, why not? make the Soroban as a demonstration, really, of our capabilities with the scanning tunneling microscope to mechanically move <laughs> molecules and demonstrate positional control, right. molecule by molecule, um, at room temperature. And we use these steps as guide rails because the molecules were stabilized by the steps. And that's the history of that. And then it ended up in the New York Times and it's been all over the world. And it's, and it's fun because it is, it it's has even inspiring people. It's inspired think, yeah. an artist in Berlin to make an uh, artwork yeah. that actually hangs up there. Yeah. So if it inspires art, that's, uh, I'm but happy. What you're talking about is doing away with wires, doing away with connections. And, mm -hmm. and 
do you think that's really going to take us into quantum computing? I mean, is that where you see this whole revolution um, from an IBM perspective coming? Not only storage of data, but actually manipulating information. Yeah. There, there is a point about quantum computing. If, you, if the people who are doing the theory of this and having read a little bit and understanding very little of it indicate that there are problems that cannot be solved by modern type of computing approaches. Whereas the reason for moving into these new areas of quantum computing and, and uh, quantum mechanical devices will open up calculations of yeah. a kind that are just beyond the, pos the possibility of even scaled up mole molecular computers. Quantum mechanics can be used in many, many ways, not just to make quantum computers. So I believe in the short term, or when I say short term, I mean 10 to 20 years where uh, the current technology runs out, then there will be other approaches come along. But that's the real problem. I think we would say in our world today, the thing that will, will be the crunch factor will be the amount of information that we're receiving and how quickly we can process it. It really seems that that has to be one of the pressure points.